Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is proudly presented by our awesome sponsors, Your Jersey. Your name, your number, your jersey. Yourjersey.com.au forward slash Andy to receive a free gift. Gear up, legends and legendettes. The following is rated MA. Some people may find it offensive. It contains language, adult themes and immature content, as well as fart jokes. There will be lots of fart jokes. Listener discretion is advised. You've been warned. The Weekly Wodge, you're ready, a massive potty ahead featuring some of the finest talent in rugby league and a bald bloke that likes beer and palmies steering the ship, that be me, and off we go. There's a calendar in the kitchen of this bloke's house and there's a huge red circle around this Saturday. I'm positive of it. Remy Smith played five great years of senior footy at the Bulldogs. He's got a heap of mates there. But it's time to play against them for the first time. You're looking forward to coming up against the old club, mate? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's going to be a big game this week and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. But, uh, yeah, like you said, five years of the Dogs, i made so many memories and so many of my friend, best friends are there, you know. And uh, to come up against them this week, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be different. But, uh, man, you know, when you cross that white line, there's no mates on the field. And, nah. um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Second-generation footballer, uh, you've gone on to rep the junior Kiwis. Uh, having a dad that played, did it make it easier or harder coming through or didn't it matter? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Um, I don't think it really mattered, to be honest. Like, to me, it didn't. Like my, my, my dad was always there just to help me out. He helped me out with so much yeah. coming through lower grades and even to today, you know. But, um, yeah, he's had such a big influence on me and uh, – but it does help that he has been there. He's done it. He's laced the boots up. He's played for international footy. He's played yep. for his country. So it, uh, it definitely does help. And he, he helps me out wherever he can. And I also, also always try to take it in. But, um, yeah, it definitely helps out. You're nothing like Dad, but you're so much like Dad. He was a monster. I reckon about six foot five. Have you got him yet? Because you're about there as well, I reckon. Yeah, I'm, I'm nearly there. I... He's a, yeah, he's about six five. I, I'm I'm some I can I'm same height. Like we probably back to back will be exact same. Is that right? Um, so mate, it's I'm nearly got. I can uh, I don't know. You Maybe. give it till the end of the year, and you might just have him. Thanks for the <laughs> chat, Remy. Good luck on the weekend, my man. Thank you so much. Talk soon. Six foot one, a hundred kilos. It's not big for a front row, but our guest played two hundred and eighty-one games in the front row across the Sharks, the Western Reds and the Storm, as well as 29 appearances for the Kangaroos. Robbie Kearns, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say these new rules with a faster game and the requirements of a front rower, it would have been absolutely perfect for you. 
<laughs> Thanks, Andy. Oh, well, mate, not when I see the likes of Nelson's uh, so for Solomon. Oh, yeah. Mate, he's a 135 kilo and runs like the wind. He's got agility, you know, better than Benji Marshall. And, yeah, they uh, definitely breed him bigger and uh, stronger these days. But, um, you know, mate, I was a very, as you just mentioned, mate, very, very light front rower. Um, if anything, I sort of, I knew I didn't have the impact, uh, say, like a Rodney Howe used to have back in the day or a big Lazo. So I used to pride myself on being fit and getting yep. through sort of, you know, the 70 minutes a game um, and, you know, racking up a heap of tackles and a heap of hit-ups. So I was more quantity than quality, but... Um, yeah, back in the day, I just seemed to uh, get through okay, which was, I mean, you don't see too many live front rowers this day and age. I think, you know, the odd one, obviously, Aiden Tolman comes to mind. Mm. He's, only, he's only quite small when it comes to front rowers and does an amazing job, has done for a long time for a couple of clubs. But uh, this day and age, as you said, Andy, most of the guys are, uh, you know, they're weighing in about 115 kilos and uh, they run like the wind. I don't mean to embarrass you. I think you're underselling, your so- underselling yourself massively there. Um, you played a different game to the Glenn Lazaruses and the Rodney Howes and, and the bigger guys. Uh, I think your impact was just as significant, but it was a different type of game. Yeah, it might, it might sound like I'm putting myself down, but I'm just giving you the, uh, the background. I, I was sort of, you know, doing the whole rep stuff as a kid. I didn't make the rep teams. Yep. And, and then, um, you know, I was sort of too small to be a front rower, not quite fast enough to be a back rower. We yep. saw the back row be fast in the front row. So I saw, I was a little bit in no man's land. And um, anyway, so I remember I remember when I first got graded at Cronulla. It was back in 1989. I was a 17-year-old. And um, it's one of those games where you rock up and there's, you know, 100 guys trying to trial for, yeah. you know, 10 spots. And uh, I made it through and made it through. And sure enough, I made the under-21s as a uh, 17-year-old from Engadine, which no one in Engadine or no one that I knew would – Thought I'd ever make it. They just yeah. thought I was going out for fun. And three weeks later, I'm I'm, I'm part of the uh, the Cronulla Solomon Sharks, which was which is my team growing up. So I'm I'm over the moon. And um, I had three years in the under twenty ones, and I, I reckon I may have got one reserve grade game in those three years. And then Arthur Beetson came along um, in nineteen ninety two, and I basically um, had a game. This is what I've been told that I had a, I had a trial match, and and Arthur said to one of the coaches there at the time, Brian Milthorpe, uh, Joe Milthorpe, you remember Joe? Yeah. And uh, he said, mate, what, you know, number 21, wh- wh- where's he from? And he goes, oh, he's a local boy. And he said, well, where's he, where's he been? And he said, oh, no, he's, he's been with us. This is his fourth year at the club. He says, why have I never heard of him? And he goes, oh, I'm just, he's just been playing under 21s. And Arthur, it's amazing what different coaches seen different players. Yeah. And Arthur said, well, mate, I'm gonna I'm gonna get taken with us next week. We, we went on a um a preseason. Uh, we went and played up in Townsville against a local team up there, and and uh, and sure enough, I went and played a couple of games, and uh, I must have impressed him. In the following week, we're playing the Brisbane Broncos. Round one, I played reserve grade, but back in the day, remember you could go on the bench. Yep. And and so yeah, and I got the last fifteen minutes of first grade. Well. You know, it was beautiful. It was me, uh, my, life, my life's good again. And uh, sure enough, we played 15 minutes and the following week, um, we played the Illawarra Steelers down at Wollongong and I, uh, I debuted. So, uh, yeah, that was my memory of, of back then. But, yeah, like I said, I was very light. But I think one thing that Arthur Beetson, uh, which I loved him being my coach, uh, he's all about ball playing. Yes. 
I, I did have a bit of ball skill about me. I, I could offload a little bit, and he really told me to sort of work on that offload, and, and that was maybe my point of difference as a small front rower. Thanks for dropping in, Kernsey. Chat soon. Take care, mate. You're listening to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Want to be part of the team? We have both corporate and private sponsorship packages available. You set the terms. Check out the website at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au or send an email to Terry, that's with an I, at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Okay, dropping on in is the Penrith Panthers' Tyrone May. First thing that comes to mind, mate, fastest player? The Fox. Biggest player? Kicker. Hardest to tackle? Tedesco. Best rig? Oh, Cam Murray. Worst rig? Reg. Yes. Most annoying? Critter and Rayleigh. Late night phone calls? Source. Source. Who doesn't reply to text messages? Nate. Best trainer? Do Edwards. Best sledger? Romy. Shit playlist? Do Edwards again. Best coaches blow up? Uh, hook. Never his shout? Uh, source. Worst punter? Uh, um, Marto. Who's always snipping you for 50 bucks? Moses. Best golfer? Uh, probably Nate. Worst golfer? Probably me. Who's al- <laughs> You've given yourself up there. Who's always got your back? Uh, probably Nat. Thanks for dropping in, Tyrone May. Some good ones there. Some honesty, some sledges. We love it. Thanks, mate. Back in the day, it had happened regularly. These days, not so much. After the NRL career is over, going back and playing bush footy. Tim Grant retired from the NRL early... 2019 after suffering a severe pec injury playing for Penrith against Manly. 12 months later, he returned for the Thoreau Butchers in the Illawarra League. You just couldn't stay away, could you? Yeah, it was um, It was sort of something I, I had in the, in the back of my mind when I was playing uh, NRL. I was like, there's no chance. The day I retire, I said, there's no chance I'll be going to play footy again. I just want to relax. And, yeah. you know, it starts, you start watching a bit of footy and, um, We've got a bit of a connection with the rule. Actually, there's a few old Penny Panthers have played down there, Trent Waterhouse and Damian Blanche and Luke Swain. So we always had that connection down there and it's a beautiful part of the world. And the boys down there are just, they're unreal. That you know, they're miners and they, uh, they're surfies and just good knockabout blokes and they love their footy and so is the whole town. So it just made sense. I, I sort of thought as well, if I, if I was to ever have kids, I'd want them to be excited to play the way I was, not yep. as a... You know, see it as more of a job because um, that's what it gets like. I think in the NRL with the pressures and that sort of stuff. So I just wanted to play for a beer and a, and a laugh, and um, we certainly got that. So I'm going to strap up for another season. Yeah, you're going round again in 2021. Uh, is a former NRL prop who's played State of Origin a huge target for opposition front rowers in bush footy? Um, not really. I think the boys down there are pretty good. Um, and, and to be honest, I, you know, I'm not going to get anything out of being a hero and trying to trying to tee off on someone either. So yeah. there's a bit of a gentleman's agreement, I think. But if there's a bit of carry on, you, you have to sort that out as yeah, well. But that's right. um, you know, the comp down there is pretty. It's pretty professional and it's it's, it's pretty fast. But I had one um, one young fellow we played Presidents Cup and. Um, he said it was an honour to play against me, so I thought that was a, a bit of a nice touch. Um, so there's more good than people want to make a name for himself, I guess. You still have that love for the game? Yeah, mate. I, I, 
the the way that I went into the game, um, you know, I, I still loved I loved every day going and trying to be better um, and as, as a professional. But it's sort of different than rocking up and just hanging with your mates and yeah. you know. And, and I, I went back and I forgot how fun it actually can be. Mm. Um, some weeks I only train once a week. Sometimes I don't train at all because of work. But um, you just rock up and you do your best and. You go to the pub after the game and have a beer and a laugh and everyone sort of takes the mickey out of each other. So, yeah. mate, that's what footy's about to me and I, I, I love that part of it. And Yeah, that's why I'm going around again, I think. But I said to the boys, we've got to win it this year so I can finally retire. <laughs> go out with the fairy tale, mate. I reckon it is wonderful that you're going around again, but not just going around again for yourself, but you're giving something back to the game that, that has given you so much. Always a pleasure chatting to me, Grant. Good luck with the mighty butchers in 2021. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. Hey, legends, the footy is back. Here's my first tip of the season. Make it personal. Your name, your number on your jersey. Official licensed NRL jerseys, retros, polos and training shirts all in the one place. For the hard-running man, the cover-defending woman and the chirpy little ones that remind you of an out-of-control halfback, for an exclusively unfiltered deal, go to yourjersey.com.au forward slash Andy and put Andy in as your coupon code to get a free gift at checkout. Gear up, legends. Have you checked out Clarkie's yet? Clarkie's Rugby League column on Facebook and Instagram. It's the grouse. So is this yarn. Our guest became a first-time dad in September of last year. Luciano Leilua, is the gorgeous little idol in a sleeper or is she keeping you up at night, mate? Um, at the moment, she's uh, a sleeper, but in uh, the first few months was a bit hard, but it's all part of the journey and, um, you know, really loving it. Your timing was perfect. Your wonderful partner, Fedora's water broke at 6am on game day, I think it was. The club already had a yep. few players pull out late with injury. You played. Yep, yep. How nervous were you about making the decision to stay with your partner or to go and play footy? I was actually, I was like really nervous because I just thought like it was just the two things I loved the most was, you know, having a baby and playing footy. So I was like, like it was, I was in, I was just, she sort of made the decision for me. So she was like, you go and play. I'll be fine. I was like, oh, oh sweet. Cool. <laughs> Uh, were you on the field? Obviously, you're concentrating on football, but somewhere yeah. in the back of the mind, yeah. you're thinking, "Man, I'm about to become a dad. This is so sweet." Well, um, I didn't really th- uh, think about it on the field. It was more so as soon as the the sign ran off, I was just running off the field and then just got my shoes and got my keys, and then it was that moment I was like, "I'm actually going to become a dad. Like, I'm going to feel like what my, my brother is like feeling and stuff." So yeah. I was like. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> you didn't even shower. You went straight to the hospital, but you had to sit there for hours and hours just stinking up the joint, smelling like what Bankwest Stadium. <laughs> yeah, I was because uh, I just I just didn't think I had time. I was like, I've, I've got to get back. I've got to be, and I didn't even turn. I didn't turn my phone on until like I was halfway towards like getting towards the um, hospital because I just wasn't thinking. I just yeah. got my bag. You've got my keys and just drove straight to uh, Blacktown Hospital. <laughs> Good stuff. Enjoy parenthood. Enjoy your footy this year, mate. It's always a pleasure chatting, legend. Uh, thank you so much, Andy. Really appreciate it, man. A cracker. Have you been keeping up with the Legend series? What about the Bob McCarthy story over three parts? I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't had a listen, here's a little teaser.
I don't know how many times I got phone calls, not phone calls, I'd see blokes in pubs and that, and they'd, they'd said, oh, you, you know, you break my jaw and all that. And I said, oh, well, that's part and parcel of the game. I said, but I don't remember getting you like that. Stiff arming you. Yeah? And they said, no, I ran in the elbows. So I must have running ran something style, like yep. that. Yeah, running, they ran in the elbow. And uh, so I remember I got collected by Kevin Ryan one day at the cricket ground. Oh, oh Jesus, I'm, I, was, I, I was knocked out. But I got up and I, I'm throwing punches everywhere and I got sent off. It was on the far side of the ground, the cricket ground. Yep. And I remember running off when I was coming to him, thinking I'm, I've run for about half an hour. I haven't even got to the half, to the sideline yet. And you've got to run from there another 50 metres. Yeah, that's thing. right. It's the longest run off you could ever have, bloody getting, getting sent off. And I said after the game, what happened to me? And they said, oh, Kevin Ryan, you went to tackle him high and he come up with his elbow and he got your right flush on the chin. And I said, what did I do? They said, well, you hit the ground and you got up and you just got up throwing punches everywhere. And that's why I couldn't see anyone. I was, yeah. just, I was still black. So I was punching them until I was running off the field and I'm thinking, I'm running a long way here. And all of a sudden I haven't come to the halfway, I haven't come to the sideline. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'd look back and they're way over there and I thought, oh, look, I can look at the 100 yards to go oh. The cool thing with all the Legends series interviews actually changed that to all interviews and podcasts is that they're timeless. Just because you missed out on listening to them when they were released doesn't mean a thing. Our entire library is there and will make sense when you're ready to listen. The great game tosses up scripts you couldn't believe or imagine. Stories of redemption, of emotion, of success and failure as well. Rugby League is the fucking ultimate reality television. There's always something happening we didn't predict. I guess it's part of the appeal. Let's rewind back to 2012, an amazing year of footy, and the top sides were so dominant, in my opinion, it was ridiculous. Canterbury won the minor premiership with 40 points from 18 wins, 6 losses. Melbourne was a win behind, but for mine, the two sides were well advanced of anyone else in the comp. They met in the grand final. Josh Reynolds was the 5'8 for the Dogs on that day. What stands out, mate, from the game? <laughs> Can I be completely honest? Go. Fire away. <laughs> oh, it has to be the James Graham bite. <laughs> <laughs> a little nibble on oh. Billy's ear. Oh, mate, you'll never see anything like it again. Yeah. And I, to this day, he still denies it. He's hung, he had up his ear off. <laughs> oh, but, mate, either that or... Um, I think it was Sister Wanga knocking down 14 balls that led that could have led to tries. Yeah. Mate, it was, um, it was a crazy, crazy day, crazy year, to be honest. I still think to this day that there's changed the game um, from that year. Yep. Like I think if you remember, obviously because, let's face it, Des probably didn't trust me or probably Hocko to fully run the show. So he had to put the big boys up front and, and then play them a bit as ball players. So, um and then to this day now, you see it every every game. Uh, yeah. Like there's front rolls, ball playing every single game, and it's just the way the game's gone now. But back then, that first year, no one could no one could honestly stop that play. Was, I'd walk over sometimes untouched for tries, and that's just because teams wouldn't know how to defend it. And yeah, I, I think I scored twelve or thirteen tries that year, and that's you know a, lot, a fair few tries for a half. Yeah, I, I just wish it was that easy now. <laughs> <laughs> It was a low-scoring game, an amazing game nonetheless. One of the tougher grand finals we've seen in recent years. Yeah, it definitely was. And, you know, for me, it was a, it was a big lesson in how um, classy Cronk, Slater and uh, Smith were because, you know, they had done their homework. They'd done their homework on me. They got me a couple of times uh, in the defence and they just, they just toyed with us. I think we were probably... 
whether we were the better side or not on the day, we we just had a couple of lapses uh, on the day. But yeah, that's that's probably the the biggest hurt I have so far in in my career, just because we we were so close. You know, we were the better team all year, and yeah, we just couldn't couldn't you know get the cookies in the end. Does the pain of defeat in a grand final ever completely leave you? No, nah, no way. I. It's probably why, you know, I've still got the drive to this day. I, I think it'd be a bit different if you didn't play in the grand final because you don't know what it's about. Yep. Um, but the feeling of, you know, the lead up, the build up, everything that goes into it, it's uh, it's a massive day, a massive occasion. And, yeah, I still want to get my, my hands on, uh, on a grand final uh, trophy. Have you actually watched the game back? Because I know some guys literally can't put themselves on the lounge and press play to watch it. Oh, I can. I, I I love to watch it because it's you know even though we lost, um, it's it was a cracker game. Especially that game. It was a bit different. Two thousand fourteen. We were never really in it. We were in at the start, but then yep. South just ran away with it. Um, but yeah, that game. It's um, oh, it's weird that I like to see it, but I just you know that's it's what it's all about. You know, we, we were ripping for each other. Melbourne were coming at us, coming at us, and then they eventually got us in the end. But yeah, it was, it's a it reminded me of such a great year that we all had as a team. The Storm 14 points to four winners, a thrilling grand final all the way back in 2012. This is the Weekly Watch on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. If you're a regular listener, you would have heard me rant at some stage about what I reckon are unrealistic expectations of the young blokes that are just finding their way in our game. From the media... And the fans, even the great ones, even the immortals, they don't begin their career as world beaters. They improve over time. I've got a story for you. A talented young halfback coming through the school system in Queensland. Yep, still at school. He was compared with both Alan Langer and Cooper Cronk at different times. This kid was still at fucking school and compared to Premiership winning, Dallium winning, Origin and Test stars... It is crazy. Tanner Boyd from the Gold Coast Titans has dropped in. Let me start. I'm not trying to embarrass you, mate, because it seems that every kid that's got talent coming through these days gets compared to someone. When did you first hear a comparison and, and what did you think? Yeah, my first comparison was the Alfie Langer one. Um, it was kind of when I first, my first year of grade when I, um, was on the dev- development contract and yep. um, yeah, up at Bronx there. And um, yeah, they just, they kind of just make it out because we look the same, yep. same height. Um, um, it's nothing to do with how we play, I don't yep. think, but just the way we look and you're, you're a blonde halfback, um, small at the Bronx. They kind of bring it on you. But um, no, I was, I was pretty lucky. The dad, dad was always into me saying, you know, you don't need to. <laughs> About that that doesn't mean anything. So um, no, I kind of use it as a laugh. Me and Alfie always used to laugh about it, so it was good. I like it, mate. It's actually, if you look at it, for any young bloke, not just yourself, it's a massive rap uh, for you. The guys that you've been compared to were enormous players. That part of it's actually cool, but it's a pain in the ass because as a young halfback, especially a teen halfback, you're still trying to figure out your own game. You're still trying to work out. What's good? What's bad? What's right? What's wrong? You're not just trying to copy someone else, right? Yeah, definitely. I'm every day. I'm I'm learning something new, and I'm trying to find new things. And um, last year, I learned a lot about my game. And um, and last year was the first kind of year I got 
a big taste of first grade. Yep. Um, and I didn't play much half, but I I found out how what it takes to be in the halves as well. Um, you know, understanding the game. I was in the middle and understanding what the forwards go through and the game management side of things of the game. And um, yeah, it kind of gave me a big understanding on how the game works. And um, you know, I'm just learning new things every day, and I'm I'm loving it. And um, yeah, it's 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 a process, and and I don't want to rush things, which is um, what I love about Justo yeah. here at the Titans. Um, he's real patient, and he's doesn't put too much pressure on you, which is really good. It's going to be a learning curve throughout your professional football career from now until the day you retire. You've only had well less than two years inside a full time setup. Do you learn by getting coached, or do you learn most of your stuff just by watching others and and how they go about things? Yeah, I like to watch a lot of um, players and and what they do, and then I try and go out and do it. Um, and that's my biggest way of learning is is going out and and actually doing it. So um, yeah, I, wa- I watch a lot of footy and I watch a lot of a lot of players, and um, that's I reckon that's the best way you learn. Are you a rugby league tragic? You watch all eight games every weekend and then watch replays if they're on during the week like me? Yeah, I am. Yeah. I am. I watch I try and watch every game, which um people say it's it's it can be good, it can be bad, but uh, I, I wouldn't have it any other way, to be honest. Mate, how much of learning for a young bloke is learning about the off field stuff, the the way to prepare your mind, the way to prepare your body, the right foods, the right lifestyle, the right recovery, all the little things that add up that maybe the fans and the media don't always get to see. Yeah, it's it's massive. Um, you know, they kind of, at a young young age, like coming through, um, they try and they, you do little um, little groups. Um, you go on little groups and you try and they try and explain things, how the media is going to be and what you need to do um, to prepare yourself for, say, games or training and yep. and your recovery. It's so important now. Um, I'm getting better and better with it um, each year and, um, you know, I'm, I'm still developing it. So um, I'm pretty big with that, my recovery and um, keeping my body right and the nutrition and everything. So it's uh, something new happens every year and you learn new things and, um, yeah, it's just – it's up to you to take it on board and um, you can see the benefits when you do it, that's for sure. Tanner Boyd, thanks for dropping in, little fella. Good luck this season. Thank you. If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, we'd love for you to go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. And if being polite doesn't work, maybe bribery will. One lucky reviewer wins an unfiltered trucker's hat every week. Yep, we're giving away a cap a week, a free one for the best review left on Apple Podcasts. This week's winner is Robinson Sainter 91. Get in touch for your trucker's hat. Also, thank you to Circumference, Ray's Big Melon, Chicken Legs Oliver, Lulu Magoo, Heidenreich's Love Child and Little Mickey Oxmall. Thanks for your reviews, guys. Don't know why, don't know how, but by leaving a rating and review, it really helps us on the search engines. We'd love if you could as we continue to try and expand the unfiltered brand. So that's us on the Weekly Wodge for another week. This Sunday, debuting one-on-one on on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. 
not a rugby league player in sight. And our first one-on-one interview is with Aussies WWE legend Rhea Ripley. Have a cracking week, legends. And don't forget to bat Pikey in the last.